Hi, my name is Amanda New, and this is Uncommon. Hi, this is Ken Lau, and this is Uncommon. Uncommon and Uncommon Clips are produced by Neural, a digital agency built for challenger brands and talent. To learn more, head to Neural.com. That's N-E-U-R-A-L-L-E.com. So after like work after leaving uni, I did I think two years of engineering, and I was like, nah, this isn't for me for a career because I always wanted to run a business during my engineering career. I did engineering just for the sake of actually finishing and actually getting something. Yeah, uh, I can't believe I actually started four years for that yeah. <laughs> for that reason. Um, then immediately after work, I actually gone on an eBay. I opened up an eBay business. I've done heaps of eBay businesses before, but this one was a different scale. So I actually built two direct-to-consumer brands on eBay itself. The first one was a low-end mattress brand, and the second one was a mountain bike brand. Mm-hmm. Same logic, you work in manufacturing, you bring your own brands. Um, the only difference in eBay is that you sell it for cheaper, and the customers don't actually really care about the brands. Um, even though you have one, they care about the prices. Then from there, um, yeah, I think it's a bunch of stuff happened then realized that eBay wasn't really like the place that we want, no, I wanted to be to build a brand because it's about price competition. So Amanda was just finishing up a master's then and we're like, hey, um, you know, it's been, it's been a long, you know, one year, quite challenging with a couple of um, roadblocks as well. Let's kind of pivot the whole entire business to like something more direct to consumer base. Gotcha. And I think during the same time, like the whole trial period of 120 nuts came about, we were like, ooh, it was like a light bulb moment. That's like, hey, that can actually solve the customer centricity side of things. And then obviously we are like, okay, we, we kind of need one product for scale. Like, you know, how maybe Amazon started with books or maybe Kogan started with TV, you need one flagship product. And because I was already in the mattress business, I was like, okay, if we actually turn this low end to a high end product, obviously which much better um, materials as well, this can be a flagship product where you could sell a thousand of it and actually just build a business of it. Mm. So that's how the idea kind of came about. And the flagship product was Mattress? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So you basically got dragged into this. I mean, <laughs> voluntarily. <yeah. laughs> no, no, but do, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I remember when I started doing this stuff, at least mm-hmm. when it was just the podcast, I had recorded episodes and then I was like, I, I can't edit this. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And I basically asked Lauren to do it. But then after, you know, she was in on it, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's like, yeah, it's one of those situations where you got to convince people and, and drag them in. Mm. What was like for you the insight of like, okay, wow, this is like a significant business. When was that moment? Was it mm. at, at the end of the year or had it started materializing in your head before then? Yeah, I I was in a really weird spot. So when, when Eva first started becoming you know we launched in may i think 2017 i had just got a job in neuropsychology yeah and so i was working part-time neuropsych part-time eva sort of after hours and then um my i think my goal at the time was to help out eva where i could um but i was still focused on neuropsych because i had to do a a 3000 hour registrar program to be fully endorsed and That took me about, I think, two years, two and a half, three years to get done. Um, but during that time, I think very quickly after about a year or so, I dropped my hours in neuropsych, picked up a few days at EVA. Then I went full time about three years ago now. Wow. So 
that was helpful in the sense that I I had also just got my registrar program approved and I was like, cool, I'm done. Let's get out of here. Let's go even full time. Yeah, right. Interesting. Hmm. Um, did you have a similar thing where you were just realizing that this 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 career wasn't for me? Yeah, I think um, I was fortunate to experience um, neuropsych um, and understand how much it's, it's a lot of structure and a lot of um, standardized testing. So everything that you do needs, it's, it's very routine. Yeah. Um, and therefore it, it helps in the sense when you're interpreting results, um, you can really hone in on, you know, what this means for a person. And I think I was always really fascinated with um, understanding people and what this means for them in terms of their future. What Eva provided me was outside of the box thinking. Mm. It was not routine. Everything was up in the air. Everything was on fire. And it really sure. make, made me flex um, the, I, I don't know, it made me flex a little bit more in, in terms of more unique problem solving yeah. that I thought that was really exciting um, that neuropsych couldn't really offer me because it was very routine in nature. Gotcha. It was all engineered. Yeah, it was all engineered. <laughs> so three years ago you went full-time. That would have been what, 2019? 2019, the start of 2020. Start of 2020. Mm. Okay, wow, what a time to start. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> uh, I'm always intrigued around what those first years are like. So you guys are a bootstrap business, right? Mm. No VC yeah. funding, anything like that, all bootstrap. What? Okay, when was that moment where you probably both realized that you were onto something and it was scalable and that this was a legitimate business, Not maybe not so much when you went full-time, but when you started hiring staff. Mm. When was that moment? I think we, I think we brought in the first staff. In six months? Within six, six months? Six to eight months, I would, I would say. Yeah. yeah right. But I think like, like a lot of businesses, you know, we, we saw that this kind of business, this, this business had success in, um, other regions, maybe in Australia and obviously from the States as well. So that was proof there. And obviously there was some backing as well in terms of like the eBay business. So there was a lot of data and it was like, it's more about execution that if you get this right, there's a chance that this business can actually succeed. Mm. So I think we were quite confident in that sense, but obviously the execution part was a bit of, of the unknown because we had to build the marketing arm. You know, eBay is like, they brought, they bring customers to you, you know, and it's your job just to convert them through the best price of picture. But yeah. when you have your own website, you have to do everything and bring your own customers yeah, and spend money. It yourself. Yeah. So that was unknown. And that was something that we tried. We worked out a long time to try to figure out. Yeah. How long was that? Cause like getting that cut through, like th there's the short term aspect of like getting sales, like that direct response type stuff is, could be Google ads, social, whatever it may be. But then there's also like a longer term brand development. What was, what, what do you think is like, as the marketer, what's the perfect mix for Eva today? And how long did it take to realize that? Mm. I think for us, we did it a little bit differently. We've always put the business first and brand second. And okay. I think, um, you know, that resulted in us rebranding, I think three to four times. <laughs> and we've only been around for, I think, five years. Yeah. So it was kind of a test and learn approach. So at the start, it was very much a sleep company and it was 
blue star, blue, blue is our main color, and you've got the little moon here and a little star there. And then as we continue to diversify our product range, we realize that it's a lot more potential than just being a sleep company. We want to be a, a home company. We want to um, create a lifestyle and create a real brand. And we move from there to what we see now, which is the the green logo. Um, yeah. We, I think it's also emphasizing um, sort of being a little bit more sustainable and being more responsible and accountable for the products that we put out to the world. I think with mattresses at the start, it had probably tripled, right, in terms of the competitor base, mm-hmm. which is sort of indicative of how there was a lower entry, um, barrier to entry yeah. for uh, mattress companies into the space. Yeah. Um, of course, now I think with the macro economy being as it is now, um, it'll be interesting to see how companies fare over the next year or so. Yeah, the next year, next 12 days and months is going to be interesting. Mm. I think a lot of people who have a lot of leverage or built up a lot of leverage are going to feel the pinch. Over the mm. ne- That's why I'm intrigued by you guys because you've never taken on outside um, funding. Mm. So you're not really going to have the short-term pressure of having to always cap raise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's been positive cash flow from the start. So I think that was the foundation of the business that was built. So obviously, um, you know, we didn't go, we didn't over leverage, we didn't over hire. We always do what we can with what we have essentially. So obviously things was a little bit slower, but you know. It's slower, but it just means that in 20 years you'll be around. Yeah. And maybe others won't. Yeah, exactly. It's um, this. I mean, the furniture business, or at least in business, it's a long game. It's a marathon, it's not a sprint. Yeah. I mean, some businesses are sprint when you have to like get market share. For example, like maybe Uber. You know, winner kind of takes all. Mm-hmm. But as a retail business, like, um, I think customers they change their loyalty over time as well. Well, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just read uh, two brilliant books. One is called um, How Brands Grow. Um, which is so there's there's this new field of evidence based marketing which has come out of um South Australia University and there's a institute called Ehrenberg Institute that Coca Cola and Uber and all these major brands mm. basically finance and they, they basically just do statistical analysis on what it actually results in growth mm. and um it, it was very intriguing to look at those numbers and how that actually results in brands growing over the long term like you can focus on your current customers which is great but acquiring new customers is the ultimate way because loyalty is not what people think it is Mm. those loyalty programs that you see like you know your Qantas frequent flyer points flyers etc actually don't really make much money Mm. Mm. i found very interesting they're almost like surefire ways, like discounting and all that sort of stuff is a great way to lose money over time. Mm-hmm. So how do you build a customer base that likes your product in the long term? You probably do things like what you guys are doing, like guarantees, mm-hmm. you know, bonus, some sort of bonus thing or bundling of product into a bigger package mm-hmm. is much smarter than just Hey, we've got a mattress on sale. Mattress on sale. It's seventy percent off. Fender mm. financial year. Buy a new mattress. Mm. Yeah, definitely. It's, yeah. Uh, it's not it, to recover that revenue lost through the sales. The volume never ever meets it. Mm. Mm. That's that's the analysis that they found. Mm. Found really interesting. Yeah.